Glory to God. Well, turn please this morning to our text that we've looked at several times. The Gospel account of John, John 13. John 13. Well, we've already had a lot of things happen this morning. But can you take some more? John 13. If you've been with us, you know that we've been teaching on the subject of love, the love of God. And I've talked to you about how that we have uh, a commission from the Lord. Everybody does. Every church does from the Bible. We specifically have a commission from the Lord. The the Lord directed me as the the under-shepherd to emphasize three things right now in the church. Uh, Number one, how to love each other. Number two, how to live by faith. And number three, how to be led by the Spirit. And so if you've been here, you know we've already begun teaching and ministering in these areas. Uh, On Friday nights, I forget how long it was. It was months, I guess. We taught on faith. Camped out in Hebrews 11. Talked about living by faith. And, uh, you know, if I discharge my duty, uh, that's okay. But if you're not here, I can't teach you. Right? I can only do my part. You have to do yours too. And if you're missing out on some of this input because you're not here, well, that's, that's between you and the Lord. But uh, take these things seriously. And on Sunday mornings here for, uh, for several weeks now, we've been talking about the love of God. Have, have you gotten anything out of this, you think? Or? Yeah. Man, everybody should hear these things regularly because these, you know, uh, sometimes people get carried away and they emphasize the the minor things and let the big things go. Let's don't do that. Let's major on the majors. And how many know love is major? Faith is major. Being led by the Spirit is major. So uh, we began talking about this. And this has been our text throughout our our teaching. So let's look at at it again this morning. John 13, the words of Jesus, the New Testament commandment. Doesn't get much more important than this. John 13 and 34. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another let's everybody ask this release your faith in this prayer said out loud Father God open my eyes to behold good things from your word Give me understanding. Help me to hear and hear on the inside. And I'll be a doer and not a hearer only. Amen. He said a new commandment I give to you. What is the new commandment? That you love who? Each other. One another. One, who, who is one another? That's your fellow Christian. That's your brother, 
your sister in the Lord. We are to love the unsaved, and, and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But that's not what, uh, precisely what he said here. He said love each other, love our fellow Christian, love our brother and sister. And how are we to love each other? What does it say? As he loved and loves us. And he said, it's by this that everybody will know that we're his. How will people know you're a real Christian? How do you know that somebody else is the real article? It's not by how many scriptures they quote. It's not by how often they go to church. It's not by how many fish signs they got on the back of their car or stickers they've got. Hmm? It's not by how many tapes they have. It's not by how many confessions they make. Hmm? No, it's by what? It's by loving each other. That's why the devil works so hard to create and perpetuate strife between Christians, within churches, between church and church, between denomination and denomination, because it, it uh, destroys our witness to the world. Even if they don't use those words, the unsaved will look at Christians fussing and fighting with each other. And in their minds, that means there's nothing to that. Hmm? And Jesus is the one that said it. How will people know that we're the real deal? That we really are saved? That we really are born of God? We will love each other. Just as He loved and loves us. So we spent time, we camped out on this, and we talked about how that, number one, you must receive love. You love your neighbor as yourself. What if you don't love yourself? Then your neighbor's in trouble. Hmm? You, you can't give what you don't have. I can't give you money if I don't have any money. Right? How can I give you love if I won't receive love? If you won't let people love you, you're not going to be in position to love other people. If you don't receive love from God, if you don't let Him love you, and if, you, if you'll see yourself through His eyes and you see how much He loves you, it'll cause you to love you. And if you don't believe you're loved, and if you don't love you, you're not fit to be around. I'm talking about to, you, you're hard to live with. You're going to be confused. You're going to be insecure. Did you hear me? And, and you can blame it on everybody and their brother, but it's not their fault. You must let God love you. And you must let you love you. Huh? Everybody say, I'm loved. God loves me. And I love me. <laughs> Did you believe that? That was, maybe we should say that again. Does God love you? Yes. Does He really love you? Yes. You ever heard somebody say, well, nobody cares. Nobody cares about me. Mm-hmm. That's deception yes. and ignorance. Yes. Remember Jesus in, in, in the darkest moment of His earthly life. When ever, he, he told His disciples, He said, you're all going to leave me. And they did. They got scared. They got confused. Every one of them ran off and He was by Himself, so to speak. And He said, yet... I am not alone, for the Father who sent me is with me. Oh, glory to God. Never alone. I said, we're never alone. 
I like the psalmist said, you know, when my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. What does that mean? Even if everybody, you, all your kin folks write you off and your dog runs off to somebody else's house too. You are not alone and you are loved. And if you know it, it'll give you a strength inside. It'll give you a stability inside that nothing can take away from you. Are you loved? And you understand what I mean? You know, when I said you're, you're, not, you're not fit to be around, you, you're not going to be love, loving if you don't receive love. You're not going to be putting anything into people. You're going to be a taker, not a giver. Hard to live with. Hard to be around. Always looking for somebody else to complete you and make you happy. You ought to be able to be by the, by the branch uh, the creek by yourself eating wild onions and cold cornbread and could be just as happy and just as fulfilled because you know you got God, you know you loved, you know your future, you know you saved, you know your names in the Lamb's book of life. Can you say amen? And so you're not looking for somebody else to make you happy or to give you a sense of purpose or a sense of value. You know, uh, in I know a lot of you know uh, Brother Lester Summerall, who's already gone home to be with the Lord. And years back, uh, he said something. I was in a meeting. This must have been 20-something years ago. And uh, he said, you know, he very bold, and he just kind of stood up and bellowed. He said, uh, other people's heads is no place for me to look for my happiness. <laughs> other people's heads is no place to look for my happiness. That's right. That's right. Ye are complete in Him. Hallelujah. Can you love others? Can you love others when you won't let God love you? Or when you won't let you love you? Such as you have, it's what you give. And if you're not receiving, then what do you have to give? So then secondly, we talked about the nature of the God kind of love. And then thirdly, before our vision Sunday, we talked about loving God, how to love God, and what it means to love God. And I want to talk about now uh, our fourth area. We're going to talk about what this uh, text says, loving each other. Loving each other. Now, I've given you four great, well, the Lord gave us, uh, and I've passed on to you, four great pillars of truth about the love of God. Number one, that's what we've been talking about, you must receive love to give love. These are super important, so if you're not sure about them, write them down, think about them. You must receive love to give love. Number two, give everything, every ministry, every message you hear, every project you see, everything that comes up, give it the love test. God is love, and if God is in it, love will be in it. Did you hear me? If if there's no love in it, God's not in it. I know that's a big statement, but is God love? God is love. If there's no love in it, God's not in it. Give everything the love test. You know that even the judgment of God is in love? Even his rebuke, even his most severe correction, 
is, is he's looking out for your good? Huh? And if anything that is really of love, even though somebody deals sternly with you, you can still tell they love you. You can still tell they're not just doing this for their benefit. They're concerned about you. They want to help you. And you don't always help people by being weak and going along with everything they want to do. Love will look somebody in the eye and say, you're backslid. Huh? You're, you're being a hypocrite. No, that's not the way. But it's not just being hard for the sake of being hard. It's trying to help somebody. Love. Give everything the love test. If God's in it, love will be in it. There's no love in it. God's not in it. And thirdly, we talked about this. Love edifies. Love builds up. Never tears down. Love builds. Edifies. Here's the fourth big thing we're going to get to today. Go to Romans, please. The 13th chapter and we'll see it. How many believe the Lord's helping us? I meditate on these things for days and weeks and months and years and look at 3,000 verses about it and, and uh, expect you to get as excited as I did when I tell it to you one time. You know? <laughs> Somebody say, Lord, help the preachers. <laughs> but uh, these things, I, I only share with you what's real in me. It's not real in me. And it's not what the Lord's leading. I endeavor not to do that. We'll just... Everybody like fresh manna? Yes. No, not something stale and canned, but what, what is the Lord saying right now? And this is what's going on over in my heart big in Romans 13. Romans 13. Give me time to get there. The Bible says in Romans 13, verse 8, Romans 13, 8. He said, Owe no man anything but to love one another. He that loves another has fulfilled the law. How many know that uh, as soon as you get every debt paid off, and you say, Well, I don't owe anybody a dime. I don't owe anybody anything. Well, yeah, you still owe them love. Right? Everybody you meet, you owe them that. Hmm? Because God loves you. Gave you love when you didn't deserve it. And so now in turn, we owe other people love even though they don't deserve it because of what he's done for us. He said, he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it's briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And since you love yourself and you know God loves you, then you're in position to do that now, right? Amen. Amen. Verse 10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. This is the fourth great pillar of truth about love that I want you to get and see very clearly. Love does no harm. Love won't hurt. Works no ill to his neighbor. Now, the word neighbor, you, you could say it like this, near instead of ni- neighbor, nibor, nigh means close to, you could say nearby. 
Love does no harm to whoever's nearby. Who's your neighbor? Well, whoever you happen to be around right now. Not just who you live by permanently. Whoever's path you cross today. Whoever you happen to be around. You're not responsible for walking in love with all the people you'll never meet. Huh? It's the ones you meet. And you don't, don't try to receive the word for somebody else. You see a lot of this. I, oh, man, where, where are they at today? They should be here. They should hear this. Well, yeah, but the Lord knew that you was going to be here. And here's the message. So it must be for you. And, and don't try to receive. You see, because if you're, if you're focusing on receiving it for somebody else, you are not receiving it for you. I had a lady one time, I taught on, on love every day. I think it was for two or three weeks. And she caught me after the service. She said, oh, Brother Keith, I'm so glad you're teaching on this. That I know this is right. This is exactly right. And, and I've been telling these people that, that they're supposed to walk in love with me. But uh, how do you get them to do this? <laughs> I believe every word of it. But how do, you, how do you get them to walk in love with you like this? I said, sister, you missed the whole deal. This ain't about getting them to walk in love with you. It's about you walking in love with them. Amen. And the more they don't want to walk in love with you is the more opportunity you have to walk in love with them. And you don't try to receive the word for them. You receive it for yourself. And whoever you happen to be by. Somebody says, yeah, but these people that I'm around. Hey, Brother Keith, you just don't know. These people I live with, yeah. And they're living with you. Right? But, Brother Keith, you just don't know my wife. Oh, you just don't know my husband. It's been my experience that most people deserve each other. (laughs) No. You're not responsible for other people walking in love. You're responsible for you. Walking in love. Amen. And walking in love is not just a good religious thing to do. It is the way that never fails. Amen. It is the thing that causes your faith to work. Is it true? Faith works by what? What if you're not operating in love? Cause your faith not to work. How important this is. But love works no ill to whoever's around it. If you love people, you won't hurt them. Is that right? And the love of God will constrain you and prevent you from hurting people and doing harm to them and doing ill ill will to them. Now let's read some other scriptures. I'll just read these to you and you listen. And uh, if we should turn to one, I'll, I'll mention that to you. But uh, the scripture says concerning evil, well, I I do want you to turn to this. You're so close anyway. Romans 12. Are you there? Good. (laughs) Romans 12, 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. See, 
have, have you found out that the nature of your flesh is that if somebody slaps you, you immediately want to do what? Slap them back harder. <laughs> now, no need in you looking at me in that sanctimonious expression. Sometimes people try to leave the impression, well, no, brother, I've been sanctified and, and I'm free from all that. And I just, you know, I just love everybody. And no, no, I'm free from all that. You'd, you'd like to do an experiment with them. <laughs> Set them up here. We'll put them on a chair and go smack. Now, how do you feel? Tell me. <laughs> they may control their self, but don't tell me they feel wonderful and rosy about it. You're still in the flesh. Your flesh has feelings. Huh? You ever, you know, I used to uh, sport fight in the martial arts. Have you ever been hit real, real hard in the face? Whoo! Man. You ever been hit so hard, you know, somebody punch you or kick you in the face so hard you couldn't see? Your eyes water up and you can't see. Uh, my, my, my teeth have been rearranged before. That's how hard I got hit. <laughs> I know one guy, one time this guy, they came from another town and we were supposed to be sparring and uh, uh, I was teaching that night and this guy came to me and he wanted me to show him some pointers. And he, I, I showed him some things and we sparred and he's flopping around and acting like he can't do a thing, you know. And eventually I just lowered my guard so he could get in on me. I said, come on, you know, so you can get it. And I'm dodging and moving. And all at once, he started fighting like the black belt he really was. He was a lying rascal. And he nailed me because I, I had my guard down. He nailed me. And I turned around and spit shavings off my teeth out in my hand. Well, I had feelings at that point. (laughs) I had some real strong feelings. Can you imagine what they were? Huh? And it wasn't, I love you, brother. And I was saved. I was born again. But I wasn't thinking about being born again right then. The uh, the instructor that was there and it was uh, you'd call it refereeing or whatever he uh, he jumped up he said are you okay I said yeah I can't see right now but give me just a minute and I'll be okay uh, and I was shaking my head get my eyes clear uh, and I, he said well the, the fight's over I said no uh-uh. <laughs> no the fight's not over I said I'll give me just a minute and I'll be fine he said no more he said you need to sit down he said I don't want you back I said yeah but I'm ready to go he said no no. No. <laughs> but I had, and he wouldn't let me back in with him, but I had some feelings. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so that is, what I'm describing is the nature of the flesh. You have that, I have that. Somebody hurts you. Physically, emotionally, financially, with other people. What will be your natural flesh response? You will want to get back at them. Hmm? You see little kids on the, uh, on the playground. Well, you're a stupid head. What comes next? 
Well, you're a double stupid head. <laughs> huh? That's just na- that's natural flesh. Huh? <laughs> and see, you know, you may be 50 years old or 75, but you still got the same kind of flesh. Huh? Somebody do you wrong? Somebody hurt you? What's the nature of the flesh? Wants to hurt them. But wanting to hurt somebody is as ungodly as it gets. Wanting to hurt somebody is as devilish as it gets. It is completely contrary to the nature of God, who is love. Love works no ill to whoever's around it. And the word ill means evil and it means harm and it means hurt. Love doesn't hurt anyone around it. Not on purpose. And if you realize that you did hurt somebody without meaning to, it'll grieve you inside if you're right. I said if you're right. And if not, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Boy, y'all got quiet when I said that. Well, you believe it, don't you? In 1 Corinthians 13, uh, you don't, don't turn there. We're, we're not through reading Romans 12. But uh, you remember that he said in that passage, love doesn't behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. I think sometimes people just have one idea of what that means. Evil ha- includes the idea of injury. And harm, love will not sit around and think about how to get back at somebody. Love will not entertain ideas of how to hurt somebody. It won't do it. God, it's not the nature of God. It goes on to say it doesn't rejoice at injustice or iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Even somebody that's done you harm, if something bad happens to them, love will not be glad about it. Hmm? I've had people that have said very bad things about me and done bad things towards me. And then later on, some th- bad things happen to them. How I many know it's, you don't want to sow bad stuff? It'll come back on you. And I've wept when it happened. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. How, I mean, if you love God, you love His kids. Right? And no matter what they've done, you don't want to see them go down. You want to see them come out. No matter how mean they've been, no matter what they've done, you want to see them repent, change, get it right. Phyllis and I were riding just the other day, and we were talking about some good things that had happened to some people in the church. And we just rejoiced and shouted about it. She said, she said, that wouldn't bother me if half our folks or all of them had ten times what we have. I said, me either. Just be great. Amen. Amen. And when you love people, that's the way you are. They get something bigger than you, you go, glory to God. Hey, go on. Right? Because you like to see them enjoy stuff. You like to see them get free. And that's one reason why we ought to read these testimonies. So all of us can shout when somebody pays off their house. All of us can shout when somebody gets a new car. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we love each other. If you love each other, you care when something good happens for them. 
and you don't want to see anything bad happen to them, and you are going to see to it that you're not the cause of any hurt that comes to them. Can you say amen? amen? Love works no ill to whoever it's around, so love is the fulfilling of the law. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Everybody say no harm. No hurt. No ill. Didn't he say we're to be wise as serpents? And what? As harmless as doves. When you see a dove coming, you don't get scared and run away. Do you? Oh, oh it's a dove. It's a dove. <laughs> oh, watch out. Those doves are mean. Huh? Well, when people see you coming, <laughs> they ought not go, oh, is he, what kind of mood's he in? Have y'all checked? How's he doing today? Mm-mm. No, people ought to know whether we call them or whether we come see them or whether they meet us, they know we're interested in their well-being. We don't want to hurt them. Don't want to see them hurt. And one of the, you know, one of the things that I have wept the most about in my own life of sensing a failure is times in my life where I realized I was unwittingly used of the enemy to hurt somebody through thoughtless stuff and foolish stuff, idle words that you weren't realizing, you know, uh, the enemy's always trying to set stuff up to hurt people. And uh, when you, if you realize, man, the devil used me. The devil said something through me that hurt them, and I just he brought it to my mind, and I just spit it out. That's something to repent over. That's something to get in the floor and weep about. How many don't want to be a tool of the enemy? Amen. Don't want him to be able to use your mouth or your hands or your mind or your money or anything that pertains to you. He's nothing to us. We're nothing to him. We've been delivered out of the power of darkness. Amen. We have a, a Jesus is our Lord and Master. He's the Lord of love. Amen. And He loves through us. Everybody say, He loves through me. He loves through me. Can the Lord help you to keep you from hurting anybody? If you want it that way, if you're hungry for it. Look in Romans 12. Romans 12. Let's finish reading this. He said, recompense to no man evil for evil. Somebody does you wrong, don't do them wrong back. Is this an important thing in the Word? Is this found more than one time in the Scriptures? Many times. Everybody clear on this? Are you awake now? Somebody does you wrong, what do you do? You do them good. Right? Is that always easy? No. Will you always feel like doing them good? No. No. But can you do it in spite of your flesh screaming, let me at them. Just let me have one good. Huh? Even though your flesh is screwed. Well, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. I can make a phone call. I know what to do. This is the way I tell so-and-so what you said and did. I'll fix your britches. Huh? That's devilish. I said, that is devilish. That is ungodly. Mm -mm. Ungodly. No, don't render evil for evil. Keep reading. But, verse 18, if it be possible, 
as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. It it, it ought to be that if it was up to you, you'd get along with everybody. Amen. Amen. If it's just all up to you, everybody would be happy. That's the way it ought to be. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. People say, well, it's payback. Payback. No, payback is not yours. Give place to wrath. It is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. When you grow up some and you understand these things, you quit thinking about paying people back. And you understand the scripture says that God is your defense. And if people hurt you, he takes a personal responsibility to deal with them. Did you hear me? And then you get concerned about them and you don't want to get, you don't want to see them judged and you'll get to praying for them. Go, oh God, I don't want to see them judged because God is serious about this. People hurt his people, they're hurting him. He takes it personally. He'll deal with them too. He's very merciful. He's very gracious, but he'll only let things go so far. And then he'll stand up and people will be judged. It can be very, very serious. In fact, the proverb says this. He that repays evil for good, evil will never leave his house. Man, now that's, that's something. Somebody, now what's he saying? Somebody does you good. And you turn around and hurt them on purpose. You do them evil. Bible said evil will never leave your house. You don't do people evil when they've done you good. And you don't do people evil when they've done you evil. What do you do? You do them good. They slap you, you bake them a pie. Huh? Can you do it? Would you feel like doing it? You might stand over the stove and go, I'm going to bake this pie (laughs) if I fall in the floor, but I'm going to bake this pie. (laughs) Huh? Can you you control yourself? Can you overcome? Yes, you can. And you can walk in love. You don't repay evil for good. You don't repay evil for evil. You give good for evil. Man, it works. Let's keep reading. I keep, I keep commenting and should keep reading. Keep reading. I had intentions about letting you out early today. Can you believe that? You don't even believe that, do you? Romans 12. <laughs> no, it's true. Romans 12. Keep reading. Vengeance is whose? It's the Lord's. Let Him be your defense. Don't try to defend yourself. That's not easy. There's been times I, want, I, so, I so bad wanted to call somebody or to go see them and say, let me tell you my side. And the Lord said, shut up. I'm your defense. You be quiet and let me defend you. Because if you start defending you, you just took it out of my hands. I thought, well, okay. But it's, is it easy to be quiet? Whew. Especially if people are hanging you out to dry. Huh? Oh, you're so bad want to go, hey, hey! It ain't so! I didn't do it! I didn't say it! But that's part of growing up, isn't it? Grow up and say, Lord, you know now. 
You're my defense. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and obey you and do what you told me to do. And you take care of this for me. How many believe he will? If your enemy hunger, what do you do? Sorry, rascal. See there? He sowed it and now he's reaping it. Good enough for you, bud. (laughs) What you did to me, hope you starved to death. How many know any sinner can act like that? People that ain't never, never even been saved. That's what they can do. No, if your enemy is hungry, what do you do? He wouldn't feed you. But what are you going to do? <laughs> feed him. Feed him. If he's thirsty, what do you do? No, you don't throw it in his face. In doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head without saying a word, I might add. Just in the act of love. Be not overcome of evil, but do what? Overcome evil with good. What do you do? Overcome evil with good. Everybody said out loud. Overcome evil with good. Praise God. We ought to say it one more time. Overcome evil with good. Say it out loud. I will never repay evil for those who've done me good. Nor will I ever repay evil to those who've done me evil. I will, by the grace and help of God. Let him love people people. through me. me. I'll love my enemies, enemies. even those who have tried to hurt me me. or have hurt me. me. For their hurt, hurt, I'll do them good. good. For their hate, hate, I'll give them undeserved love. love. For this is my father, father. and I'm his child, and I'm I'm like him. His love is in me. What he does, I do, and he loves through me. Hallelujah. Praise God. You believe that? Glory to God. Singers and musicians, come on up. Turn to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, please. 1 Corinthians 11. We're going to receive communion today. This goes right along with what we're talking about. Because in the beginning days of the church, when they were observing the Lord's Supper, what we call communion, the, there was a problem so grievous that the Holy Spirit moved on Paul and spoke through him and wrote to them, giving them correction and even some rebuke about how they were observing communion. Told them that because of what they were doing, that they had sick people among them and people that had died prematurely in the church because of their error in these things. Let's read it and remind ourselves of it. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. He said, Now in this that I declare to you, I praise you not that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. How many of some meetings people would have been better off not even having them? Some gatherings. 
For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions. Now, uh, another word for that would be uh, groups divided from each other, parties. How many know we're not supposed to have a bunch of little cliques within the church? Hmm? We're not supposed to. That's why you got to watch about, you know, well, we have uh, uh, the, the church uh, Irish-American Christian group. And we've got the, uh, uh, the Afro-American Christian group. And we've got the this group and the that group. What's the difference between us? How does an Irish-American hear the word differently from an Afro-American or a Native American? Or, huh? A lot of stuff people have to watch. They're just giving place for people to emphasize differences and to develop little cliques. We're in this little group. We're in that little group. We're in one family. Amen. One God. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One church. One family. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, this was happening, though, in this uh, in this church at Corinth, they had some cliques within the, the church at Corinth. He said, when you come together, uh, verse 20, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. In other words, he said, what you're doing is not communion. For in eating, everyone takes what? Before the other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What were they doing? They were ignoring each other. And they had their little cliques. And you can see from reading the rest of it that, that part of their cliques had to do with people that had money and people that didn't. The rich people were hanging together and not, not fellowshipping as much with the poor people. And the rich people were bringing their own stuff and really doing it up in a big way. And Hinda had somebody over here that didn't even have enough to eat. And they were oblivious to it and didn't care. Do you see this? What's our the New Testament command? Love each other. Right? Well, in order to love each other, you've got to be at least aware of each other. You've got to know that they're there. Right? You've got to care about what's going on with them. You don't stay in your little cocoon. You don't stay in your little bubble. Right? And And, and if you're sitting there right now thinking, well... That's what I think. Some other people are to fellowship with me. You're missing the whole deal. (laughs) You're trying to receive the word for them. Receive it for yourself. What are you doing? Amen? Amen. You you reach out more. You be more embracing. You be more, you know. And and I just hear good reports about you guys all the time. I do. We just get all kind of... I have people tell me all the time. They came up for a visit. They said, man, your people just loved on me. Uh, all these people I never even met, they just came and they put money in my pocket and they blessed me and they said, we like you and come back. And that's the way it's supposed to be. We don't care if you got $5 or $5 billion, Right? We love you. Right? We love you. Want to see you do good? He said, what, have you not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. 
And then he went on to give the description of receiving the Lord's Supper. And he said in verse 29, he said, He that eats and drinks unworthily, and that means in an unworthy way, eats and drinks damnation or condemnation or judgment to himself, not discerning what? The Lord's body. That has to do with the physical body of Jesus that was broken for us, but also you must discern the spiritual body. We are all the body of Christ, and we want to acknowledge each other and be aware of and discern each other. How many believe we can do that today? As we receive communion, I want us to stir ourselves up that we are aware of the Lord. And we are aware of what He's done for us and the price He's paid and the redemption He's bought in His blood and His body. But we are also aware of each other. Right? And if somebody's hurting close to us, we care about it. I'm believing that we are and will develop in being led by the Holy Ghost. And people talk about, well, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And the, man, the only thing they know is if somebody stands up and says, Yea, thus saith the Lord, and then here's an interpretation. I'm believing for you to get revelation in your seat. To get a word of knowledge in the middle of the week that you should sow some clothes to somebody else in the church. For you to sit up in here in the service and get a word of knowledge about how that you should take a washer to somebody's house. Amen. Did you hear me? First of all, though, you have to care about somebody other than yourself. You have to be aware of what's going on with the other people all around about you. Can you see it? Do you understand? And how many believe that the Holy Ghost will be moving? He's already doing it. It's happening right now. I mean, you heard this man, you know, he didn't know these people. Got this, got this pickup. Right? Well, I've had all kind of testimonies of people that have gotten all kind of things. This is the New Testament church. This is love in action. This is keeping the new commandment. And this is so pleasing to the Father. You're demonstrating your unselfishness. You're demonstrating your faith. You're demonstrating your love. It's happening. It's in, I believe it's multiplying in this church. It's increasing. I mean manifold. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Ushers, would you stand? Make your way to the front. Let's prepare to receive communion this morning.